I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, I'm so grateful to bring on New star of the Dallas Mavericks media, I think, Colin Cable. Colin, um, if you guys don't know, he wrote a story called uh, How Luka Doncic Saved My Life. It's an absolutely incredible story of Colin's life and um, how Luka Doncic basically, Luka Magic basically, you know, kind of kept you alive, Colin. Like, I don't know how else to say it, man. Thank you so much for, for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Nick. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to be here and yeah it's crazy uh luca magic is is a real thing <laughs> it's very real man it, it, it totally is that it hit you in such a, a human way so if you're listening to this podcast and you're out there um we're going to talk a lot about um you know colin's experience his uh you know his brother passing away and you know his experience with with you know drug abuse and things like that so if there's anything about that that maybe triggers you or if you have you know issues with that maybe stay away from this because we're gonna kind of gonna get deep into some of that but i think this is going to be a really good podcast for a lot of you that may be struggling and maybe in a similar similar situation to where colin was and so please if you're dealing with any of that first of all isaac and i always say please reach out to us please you know dm us our dms are open isaac is you know you know a a pastor at a church and he's willing to talk to you and, and pray with you and talk with you about anything that you're dealing with and so uh if any of this if any of colin's story connects with you you have full permission from us to reach out to us and talk talk it through we've dealt with some similar things and so we we hope that anybody that's dealing with that you know finds a lifeline in us and so that's kind of our our point in doing this but colin i want to just briefly walk through your story i mean if you can give us like a a, you know a brief overview of of your experience over the last couple of years it's just you're not going to get the whole whole thing unless you actually go read the story we'll put the link in the description of the podcast but um how did luka Doncic save your life basically we'll start there (laughs) <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, I I was in a really dark place uh, when Luca was drafted. I had just lost my brother. Um, I was in the throes of, I guess the I was towards the end of my of my drug addiction. I was in the process of getting clean, which was very painful and uncomfortable, and I just did not have many reasons at the time to wake up and go live my life, you know, and have a, just, I needed something, you know, I needed something. I didn't know what I needed. I didn't know where to look. And, you know, had I been left to my own devices, I don't know if I would have been able to find it, but, um, watching Luca play that first year, um, it just turned into a thing where no matter how straight, you know, how much I was grieving or how difficult the process of withdrawing from the drugs was, um, no matter how badly I felt like giving up, I had to make it, you know, to, to tip off. I had to see what he was going to do that night. Um, what his stat line was going to be, you know, and such a big part of why I think Luca affected me the way that he did is because, uh, you know, Mavs fans know he plays with such a profound joy. He's such a joy to watch. He's always smiling. Um, 
that positivity along with like his excellence on the court, just, it, it was a lifeline. You know, I, I, I'm well forever, forever be grateful to him for that. Yeah. Having Luca as a lifeline. I mean, that just, that sticks out to me really as, you know, um, you use the word tethered in the in the piece, and I think that, that was such a good word because I think a lot of us find ourselves walking through life and saying, like, man, what is really helping me you know, get through this? What is a, a hope that I have? And, man, finding it in, in Luca and something with such joy is, you know, so incredible. Having somebody that play with such joy, he's such a unique basketball player, and I think that he connected, you know, he connected with you, I think, and, and other people just because of, you know, the fun that he has on the court, the way that it just seems so effortless for him. Man, I know that in the piece you mentioned if the Mavericks had drafted, you know, someone else that this could have been totally different. He was he's such a unique player and I think that he connected with so many people and you specifically because of the way he plays. Like how did, you know, Lucas play really connect with you right away? Well, you know, I I was not really following the draft uh leading up to that year. Uh I was kind of out of it, you know, my head was in a totally different place. So I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I was excited by the trade on draft night. Uh, I, I felt optimistic, obviously, you know, following all you guys on my <laughs> burner Twitter that I was using <laughs> at the time, like the, the hype felt real, you know, um, I don't think any of us expected what we ended up getting from him. But, um, you know, I mentioned in the piece too, like going to that autograph signing, his first autograph signing mm. before he'd ever played a game. And even then just, you know, his presence is, you know, he's such a good kid, man. You know, I'm 34. It feels kind of weird to be <laughs> so emotionally wrapped up. And, you know, at the time, I think, you know, he was 19. But um, something, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. I'm not the only person. You know, my story is filtered through this kind of, like, tragedy that that makes it hooky in a way. But I, I know everybody in Dallas loves. Luka Doncic for the same reasons that I do you know that was uh what a special what a special thing we're super lucky as fans (laughs) it's amazing to go from somebody like Dirk who you can argue you know would connect in the same way and you talk a lot about Dirk in the piece and we'll we'll mention him but to go from Dirk to Luka I mean we can't even mention that enough I know on this podcast we mention that all the time how lucky Mavs fans are to go from that to that but oh (laughs) it's nuts man yeah man I mean it's something that I hope we never take for granted and um, in terms of the rest of his career, Dirk is, you know, I mean, it's an unfair comparison to, to make for him now. He's so young. There's so so much ball to be played. But, um, Which is yeah, great. my God, we're, we're so lucky. Totally. <laughs> it's so awesome. All right, coming up, I want to get into more of Colin's story, bring out some of the, you know, notes that really stuck out to me. Man, there's a, the autograph story about Luca. There's uh, a specific tattoo that was that was you know, had when it was uh, painted on your body. We'll talk about that and I'll get into sure. all that coming up. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar, but don't fast forward yet. Built Bar Go, a brand new product from Built Bar. They sent us a bunch of these and it is Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's in a new pack. It's in a new pouch with energy as well. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. Easy to take in 1.5 ounce packets. You take the packet. I have one right now. I just ate one earlier. I had the chocolate mint one today. You can put it in your briefcase for a focus presentation, your golf bag to power through the back nine, whatever you're trying to do. They come in three delicious flavors. The chocolate mint that I had today that was delicious. The peanut butter honey and chocolate coconut. Built Bar Go combines energy gel with 
protein. So it has caffeine and it has protein in it. 15 grams of caffeine or 15 grams of protein, 100 milligrams uh, of caffeine. 15 grams of caffeine would be insane. Uh, and they're only 90 calories. You can take these anywhere on the go. Take it with you. Put it in your pocket. They're small and gives you the energy and the protein you need to get through the day. BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. BuiltGo. Put a link in the description of this podcast. BuiltGo. Let's go. All right, Colin, uh, now I just want to go through a couple of lines that stuck out to me in the piece and, and ask you, you know, maybe dive deeper into them. Uh, man, this this first line, I'm going to start out pretty deep. When I moved to New York in 2012, I didn't know I would only see my brother two more times before he passed away. That, that line, man, it almost broke me. <laughs> I mean, just, just reading it, thinking about it, because... For, you know, for all of us, you know, our families, especially if you live far away and you were in New York and you, you grew up in, in you know, the Dallas area and being so far away from family, um, you never know how long you're, you know, how many more times you're going to see them and how much, you know, you're going to be with them. And that that line just really stuck out to me. Uh, what what do you think? How do you you know approach your family relationships now or what, what were you um, thinking about in that situation? Man, that is a that's a great question. Um, you're right. I I moved to New York in in 2012. Um, Bonner was in Colorado. Uh, we were rarely home at the same time. I mean, the thing about New York City for me anyway was it's hard to get away. You know, you're working yeah. constantly to just pay rent, and then I was doing music on top of that, and so I, you just you take everything for granted at that point in your life. You're in your twenties. You don't really consider, you just don't think about how badly things can go. You know, I don't think the human mind is really built for that kind of thought usually. Um, so I, I, I just figured we'd all, you know, we'd get it later. Um, Mm. we'd have more time later. Uh, it did not work out that way. And so now I am extremely conscious of, I mean, it's why I came back to Dallas pretty much right away. Um, I, you know, want to be around my mom and my sister and her kids. And as they grow up, I'm, I'm just very aware of time now and how the, just the nature of, of things ending and not really being sure when they will or, you know, all that, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just never know how much time you have. So any, anytime no, I, I feel like someone passes away, a celebrity that I don't really know, or, you know, somebody that I do know, or, you know, hearing your story, I think, man, just reach out to the people that you love. <laughs> and I think that's oh, one absolutely. of the big things we can take from all this. Uh, specifically the one line that I think was just the most powerful line in your whole piece. And there's a lot of them and we'll get to a couple of them. You said when Dirk played his last game in 2019, I was 32 and my brother was dead. I mean, writing right. writing that line, like Dirk playing his last game, I mean, that it had to be such a, a strange moment for you to, you know, to think back of all the times that you and your brother shared with, you know, with Dirk in the, you know, the 2011 finals and then to get to, you know, the end of Dirk's career and everything was just so different. Well, yeah, I mean, I Absolutely. I watching Dirk's last game, his whole last season, really, you know, you, you definitely do reference all those past moments that um, brought us together as brothers and just as Mavs fans and, you know, the buzzer beaters, the 2011, you know, all the 
texts back and forth late at night. And it's not just the Mavs either. You know, like my brother loved Kobe. Oh, my God, he loved Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Kobe Bryant was his favorite non-Mav. So then Kobe, we lose Kobe, and then it, it does feel like, okay, well, then there's one less piece of my brother left in the world. You man. know, that was wow. something there. So I don't know. I'm starting to tear up, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it, the, the framing device that that Dirk's career gives my story and now of course Luca the ascendance of Luca is um or ascension I'm sorry I don't mean to misspeak okay. uh, but um yeah it, it makes it it makes it easy to remember things you know it's not just a memory of my brother it's a memory of a moment in the game and so I can look at the box score and I can remember the date and it's just uh it's more depth and more color and it's it's nice to have I think Right now, and you know, in this moment in life, I think a lot of people looked at, you know, with the coronavirus, with you know, sports stopping and things like that. Sports is coming back, and some people would say, "Well, why do why does sports need to come back? What's the point? Just let them, you know, stay off until we get over, you know, this and get back." And I think people forget how much sports can really impact someone's life. It's like a you know a mini kind of microcosm of life. You see all the the ups and downs. You can connect with people's you know stories. You know athletes non-athletes in you know sports i think that there's so much that we can can get from it i think your story is such a great example of what sports can bring us they can give us inspiration they can give us connection they can give us a a connection to your brother i mean this is something that you'll you'll always have with him you know you'll always you know be able to remember and look back on and i think sports is so important and it's why you know it's one of the reasons why isaac and i are still you know talking about sports we love it but we also love the you know the human connection of it um I want to let's let's go a little bit lighter. I think, man, we're both getting we're both getting. Oh, little, sure. Um, <laughs> one of the one of the lines in your um, in your piece is, "I got the cowboy hat logo tattooed on my forearm after the game two win." I honestly think my brother had never been prouder. You got it after yeah. game two. You weren't even going to wait to see if they're going to you know like win the whole series. <laughs> game two in twenty eleven. You were like, "All right, I'm in. I'm getting this tattoo." What was that whole story like, and what was that experience like? Sure, that's so funny. Yeah, um, the uh, well, my that was that was the reason I did it. Right, is we lost game one, we had that incredible comeback in game two. You don't really know if that's sustainable. You know, it was kind of just a, a, an incredible twelve minutes of basketball. Um, so I I looked, I knew game three was coming, and I thought, okay, well, if the Heat end up pulling it out, I will probably be so depressed that I won't want to do this. And if the Mavs end up pulling it out, then I'll have just done it because they won the title. So that was my last kind of chance to have the courage to do it um, for just the love of the Dallas Mavericks as opposed to what eventually became the world champion Dallas Mavericks. Mm, <laughs> so can't say that enough. That was my thought, bro. Oh, no. My four favorite words in the English language. <laughs> Oh man, that's such a funny mindset. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna have the courage to do this after <laughs> after if the Heat pull this out and win. So you you, oh, just, you just rode so that bad. feeling basically. You rode the high of, of game two basically. <laughs> it paid off. It was you know it just like just like the Jets getting yeah. the trophy. You know it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looking at your tattoo now, what are the thoughts and, and feelings when you see it, or if someone points it out to you and asks about it, or um, you know what are what's your connection to that now? Like, what does that tattoo mean for you now? Well, it's my it's the my favorite of the ones that I have. I mean, I have some I'll call them Xanax tattoos that I just got because <laughs> I you have no inhibitions and nothing really matters. So, like, sure, I'll get a tattoo for lost, 
you know, the <laughs> ABC uh, uh, science fiction drama. <laughs> and, you know, so it's definitely aged the best out of all of them. Um, I still have my brother's, you know, I've, I got a bunch of his old Mavs jerseys and, and shorts and just memorabilia with that logo. So it's uh, it's something that I never tire of looking at, and it's something that represents um, my favorite things about you know basketball and the team Mm. and uh you one guy walked into where i was working right after i got it and he you know it's kind of an uptown guy slick suit and he was like he just looked me dead in the eye and said you're you made a mistake you're going to regret that (laughs) (laughs) so he so far has not been right so hopefully i i keep the energy up for it yeah we're glad that mark cuban is wrong about that right (laughs) i know well you know i i I saw the uh, the green jerseys circulating on Twitter today, so that's very exciting. Ooh, yeah! Everyone, everyone online wants the green. Everyone online wants the green. How do you feel about it? Are you on board with the green, or do you think it's just nostalgia? I think part of it is nostalgia, but I, I love the green, and I'm you know I'm somebody that doesn't have a, a connection to the Mavericks before basically 2011, and uh, yeah, I, I love the the green idea of it. I anything besides the jerseys they're doing now. I mean the. <laughs> the, the jerseys they have now, I think someone called them the the kitchen sink numbers with, with Luca's yeah. like seventy seven. It looks like a, a sink, and then uh, that's really funny. <laughs> uh, man, um, okay, let's let's walk through the the autograph story. So you mentioned that at the end of the piece, you said an event worker overseeing the autograph line asked how old the shirt was, and I sheepishly replied, "Older than Luca." That caught Luca's ear. That was a great line from the from the story. Walk us through that whole situation and you know meeting Luca and getting an autograph from your on your brother's shirt. I mean that was you know incredible story. Yeah, it was an incredible moment. Um, I managed to like somehow get myself out of bed uh, and go wait in a crowd to see this young player that that no one had seen play stateside at least um, for uh, for an NBA team. You know, I mean it was all. It, it was a weird thing to go out into the world and do at the time for me, but I just felt compelled to do it. And uh, I did. I grabbed one of Bonner's old shirts and um, went out to the, the Nebraska Furniture. Have you been to that place, the Nebraska <laughs> Furniture Mart? Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? It's like. Oh, my God. It's like 50,000 square feet. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> Nebraska. They always huge- have autograph sessions at that Nebraska Furniture Mart. It's so, I don't know. It's a weird connection. I, I, you know, they got the space for it. I'll tell you that. Um <laughs> And uh, there was a, a, a big crowd of excited people. Um, I got up there, and yeah, she said that, and um, I answered. And I don't know if Luca, you know, really heard me or understood what I was saying about how old the shirt was, but you know, he looked up and and just flashed that smile, and that's you're like, all right, that's Luca Doncic. You know, that's that that moment for me was, uh, you know emotionally just such a boost and that was just the beginning you know i mean then came the actual games and it only got better and better and to this day it's only getting better and we'll only get better for the next you know hopefully 10 15 20 years yeah it's gotten a lot better and i want to talk to colin about that talk about how it's gotten better where he is now talk about the reaction to his story we'll talk about all that coming up but before we do rockauto.com is there for you when you need them If something goes on your car and you have to find an exact specific part, the place to go is rockauto.com. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You just go on the site. Go there right now. Go on the site and just look up 
your car, the make, the model, the year. It lays out everything in front of you. You can see all the prices. You can see all the parts your car will ever need. And the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you want to spend up to twice as much going to a brick-and-mortar store, having to put on a mask, go out there, spend the time when you can just get it delivered right to your house from rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Colin, we're continuing to talk to Colin Cable's story on Fansided. Put a link in the description of this podcast. Go read it, How Luka Doncic Saved My Life. Um, so you talked before about how it's gotten better, how you know that that you know Luka Doncic has really helped you, his play really lifted you. You had that moment at the Nebraska Furniture Mart of all places. Um, <laughs> one, one point in the story... Um, this line also really got to me. He said, as my heart contended with the lifetime of a lost sibling for the first time, having to reckon with both the certainty of death and brevity of life, watching Luka Doncic was the only thing that kept me tethered to this world. That was su- that's such a powerful line, man. I, I've had, you know, uh, a really close family member attempt suicide in my family and I can, right. you know, I, uh, that and that really connects with me, and I know a lot of people listening probably have, you know, some sort of connection with that. And having something to to tether you to this world, I thought that was such a great line um, to be able to have that. Um, yeah, I, I just had a. I don't have, really have a question for that. It's just just a statement on that line. I thought it was so good. No, I I, I really appreciate it. That's that's super kind of you. Um, you know, it is. It's not hyperbolic. Uh, it is. It was very true. Um, like I've said, and I, I don't mean to belabor the point, but when you are in a place that, that, that is that, um, precarious and, um, bereft of, of hope, uh, it's hard to overstate how something that seems so small could seem so small to so many people can really just truly, you know, keep you going, keep you going, man. I'm, I'm grateful to him and, um, yeah, that was a it was a wild rookie season <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you know, you go from that from such a you know dark place where you say you, you know, can barely get out of bed. You're dealing with you know overcoming a you know really strong drug overdose or a drug uh, addiction and all that, and you're dealing with the you know the death of your brother. And another line that stuck out to me in your piece said, "Thankfully, I don't have to rely on Luca to carry me emotionally anymore, but I still haven't missed a game," which I thought was a great <laughs> kicker to that line, but. Uh, you don't have to rely on Luca, you know, emotionally to, to carry anymore. How, what was, walk me through that sort of process from going from, all right, this person has, you know, keeping me tethered to this world. It was a, per- it was a thing that means a lot to you to now, I don't have to rely on that anymore. How did you get from point, basically point A to point B and how, what would you say to people that are dealing with a similar situation? Oh man. Well, I'll start with what I would say to people who are in a similar situation, which is, um, obviously, uh, a huge, um, it's so important to me to get this point out is that I, I, like, I want everybody to understand that I thought I was alone. I thought I was alone in these feelings. I thought I was alone. You know, my whole family is grieving around me. Like the grief is shared and all of his friends, of course, but between that and, you know, my music career, it ended and, you know, I, I had damaged friendships and relationships because of my drug use. Uh, you know, it, it was so much going on in that moment that I, 
I felt alone. I felt like it would be impossible to ever move past some of these feelings. Um, and then through no, you know, I, I didn't do anything. Uh, it's just one day it gets, I mean, this sounds so stupid, but it gets better. And it is unbelievable how quickly life can change in a day, in 12 hours, in a minute. You know, there is, I would just encourage, and I know you mentioned up top, you know, if anybody's struggling to reach out to, to you or Isaac, and I just, for what it's worth, like my DMs are open too. You know, if you're struggling with grief or with addiction or with anything, like, you know, feel free to hit me up. I, I, I nobody's alone. You're never alone. No matter how alone you feel, you're never alone. And then in terms of like, just, it, it just got better for me. You know, time is healing. Um, getting clean, letting my brain kind of rewire itself to cope with the world, um, slowly going back into the world. Uh, it, there was just a shift, and now I can, I still love Luca just as much and enjoy him just as much, but I, there's not that, there's not that heaviness to that kind of like athlete fan relationship. You know, it's, it's more traditional now, which is nice, and I'm sure mm. he would be relieved to hear too, probably. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to imagine that's so freeing. Uh, and it makes me think of, you know, sometimes when you're a little kid, you know, certain things mean so much to you. And then when you get older, like if you're, when you're in middle school and you know, you know, like, uh, you know, everything, everything about your friends means so much to you and your relationship to them. And you, um, you know, it, you, you basically die inside if you're, um, you know, friends diss you or if your friends like, you know, abandon you or whatever, then you realize, man, you know, 10 years from then, you're not even going to probably remember who those people are right? Like, at a certain oh, point. Exactly. The, the time healing all wounds, I think, is just so important for a lot of people that, like you said, stick with it. Uh, you know, the family member of mine has really learned a lot from uh, her experience and how um, things that meant so much to her when she uh, attempted suicide don't mean anything to her now, like 10 years later. And yeah, to, I'm, thrilled. To, I'm so happy, man, to, to go through that, I, I think is, you know, it's important to remember that, um, does get better, you know, and, and, and it gets different and you can keep trying. And it's kind of the, you know, it's kind of what life is, right. I've been watching the good place a lot recently. And just like life is trying to just get better every single day and make the next right choice and try to make someone else's life better and, you know, focus on other people. I think that, that all those things and the things you mentioned about time are, are so important in life to, uh, you know, to get through something like that. Um, and I hope that all of my situations don't trivialize anything you went through. It's, you know, incredible story, oh, I but, know. um, yeah, Not I think all. That all that is just, is so important for everyone to, you know, remember if you're dealing with a situation like this. Yeah, you you can't really anticipate it, and you really need to go easy on yourself. You know, mm. if you if you're an addict who relapses, just go easy on yourself. If you're having trouble getting out of bed, if you're not inspired, if you're not motivated, like just learning how to forgive yourself for you know not weak moments, but just troubled moments, you know, is a is a huge part of the healing process too. So you you said it great. That's that's exactly right. Uh, I want to ask you what the, what has the response been like? I mean, a lot of people have you know have, have tweeted out this story. Mark Cuban, I saw tweeted it. Luka Doncic himself tweeted this story. I mean, what is the response? And uh, you know, how have you been surprised by how people have responded to your story? Uh, I have to say, and and I'm not. This is not disingenuous. You know, I mean, I thought we would put the article out and it would maybe get 
three or four likes, a couple of retweets, you know, in my head, I will, I, you know, I thought most maybe somebody like Mark would see it and like it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like it on Twitter or whatever. I never could have anticipated (laughs) this response. It was overwhelming and emotional and thrilling and kind of hard because I, you know, I have trouble with praise and everybody was so just so kind. Um, you know, I'll never, I'll never forget it. This was a, a moment of a lifetime for sure. Um, unexpected. <laughs> Has anyone reached out to you that surprised you, like reached out to you personally? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Mike Reiner from the ticket, formerly of the ticket. Mm. Um, now, now he's, a got his podcast on the athletic, um, growing up in Dallas, I was always a huge Mike Reiner fan. Hearing from him was immense. Um, the fact that Mark not only liked it, but thought to um, retweet it and comment on it was, was huge by the time it got to Luca. I mean, you know, I was just lights <laughs> out. I, I never yeah. expected that. Um, and then, you know, like obviously all of Mavs Twitter, like you guys, Kirk, um, our Mavericks, a <laughs> big fan, uh, you guys are all like, I was in that conversation with y'all, just not, you know, just lurking on Twitter, like the whole rookie year and the whole <laughs> past year. And, um, kind of being embraced from that community was, you know, huge. Oh man. I, I loved it. That was a blast. So, um, all in all, I'm, I'm super grateful to everybody who's reached out and shared the article and commented on it. It, it means the world, the world to me really. One, uh, last kind of question here sort of random but um what do you think and what do you feel looking back at your music do you ever go back and and listen to it and what are the feelings when you go back to it because i've had certain things in life that you know i created something back then i look back at it and i go oh my gosh like i don't want (laughs) to return to that because i was in a certain place like what do you think when you look back at your music or do you ever i'm i'm starting to kind of explore that time in my life again you know I, I think to your point it's for a while it's hard to revisit not just because you're emotionally in a different place or whatever but you know watching the tape is is uncomfortable for anybody in any line of work it's mm. you know you grow you evolve as a you know people have found my my spotify through this i think i got an email from spotify that my listeners had gone up and um i i have to admit know, i did go through the the discography i found, I found okay, well, a couple of albums before you know, i like the skeleton song hey they oh you found they were stars that's good yeah. i can live with the they were star stuff the the first the colin cable solo record on there you know i just want to say like and even the they were stars both those records <laughs> came out uh before i was 21 uh so wow um, yeah i was gonna say you, might, I, you must not have been that old no, no, I, I was I was pretty young, and and the band that I had in New York, I'm a lot prouder of, um, just as a songwriter and a singer, especially. My voice got a lot less emo-y and kind of better, <laughs> and um, so I I'm tempted to put up. I'm not promoting anything, but I'm tempted to put up a SoundCloud with some more recent stuff, just to kind of like, you know, yeah, make it a little fresher <laughs> for people to hear, but. We'll see. It is what it is. Uh, music was a complicated. I mean, it's a hard. You know, it's like a breakup. It was a hard, yeah. a hard thing to lose, and you kind of just have to find a way. You have to find something else that that you can kind of carry that same amount of passion for. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, uh, I you know 
<laughs> I think that that is uh, it's it's so hard, especially something you you mentioned the story that this was like looking back at you know what you call like a failed career or failed attempt at your dream basically, and that is so hard yeah. to to look back on and to you know to revisit. And so, man, I, Colin, I just want to tell you incredible i know you didn't really think a lot of this when you put it out there you're like oh this get some response but it's incredibly brave what you did and what you wrote uh to come on here and to talk about so openly about certain things and to uh to revisit all this man incredibly brave i'm so thankful that you're i'm still thankful that you're still with us and you're able to share this story i just wanted to thank you um you know for jumping on and hopefully we'll have you back on some time and get to talk about the mavericks and get to talk about actual basketball Man, I hope so. Nick, thank you for having me. Thanks for boosting the article, the visibility, the support. Uh, it's been a thrill. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I want to say before we go, anyone else that is still out there that listened to this story and said, man, I connect with certain things uh, or I have you know, thoughts of um, ending it or I have thoughts of um, you know, I want to just walk away from everything. Please reach out. Colin said you can reach out to him. I'll put his Twitter in the link, uh, the link for his Twitter in the description of this podcast. You can reach out to me. Uh, my email is also in the description of this podcast. So if you don't do Twitter, please reach out to me there. Uh, you're not alone. You're not alone. We have the connection of the Mavericks and we talk about basketball and sometimes we're, we're silly and stupid on this podcast, but we, we, believe that this is a community this is one of our favorite things about this podcast is that it's a community and that people can reach out to us and we connect with people and we've made friends because of this podcast and some of you we've seen in real life and i think that that's so cool and so now that we're not seeing people in real life as much now please reach out to us talk to you Uh, i'll talk with you on the phone i'll talk to you over skype whatever you you want to do uh so please reach out to us and we'll uh you know get to everybody that that we can so guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown Mavs. we'll be back on monday guys appreciate everything so thanks so much for listening to lockdown Mavs. peace out boom